Welcome to Stokes County Boys, a podcast where two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they're not. As always, you're joined by me, Philip, and my good friend, Patrick. Patrick, what's happening? Hey, hanging in there, Philip. How are you doing? Doing okay. Doing all right. As we've been doing past couple weeks, we've been getting into the uh, Star Wars, the prequel trilogy. Uh, we even did an episode on, on the final episodes of the Clone Wars animated series. But today, we're wrapping it up. And we're going to discuss episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And Patrick, it's a big day. It's a big movie. It's a big event. Maybe one of the, the bigger hill turns of the galaxy, right? So we had to bring a guest today. We've got a special guest. You can hear him weekly on his podcast, Uncle to Uncle. It's Franklin. Franklin, what's happening? It's, I'm happy to be here. As I told you before we're recording, dirtbag wrestling fans. That's my people. That's my people. That's the only reason I agree. Are these guys wrestling guys? Good. And nothing will shock them. Have, have the, do they know the sleaze list? Then they should be all right here. Then, yeah, that's, I mean, Star Wars wrestling. I, I love it. I love it. I, and I like how the concept of your guys' podcast is the things that have shaped you. I feel almost uh, our podcast that I do with my Uncle Howard, I think pretty much along the same exact lines, in all honesty. It, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to some episodes. I've been listening to week to week. I really enjoy it. And like, I kind of notice, even though we're coming at different angles, it's a very similar theme, but absolutely, but it works. It works. Oh, Philip, I was going to say, like, it's nice also to know that there's more people out there like us. <laughs> like we yes, are not right. alone in this universe. So, I it, it, it was really like, okay, good. Like, you know, like it's not just wrestling or star Wars or, you know, any kind of, you know, it, all these weird fringe interests with weird subcultures like yeah, yeah. it's nice when they're merged i get so happy when i find out like oh are they like you know oh they know the virtual pros or like oh they know like okay this is awesome this is like our people you know this is what you search for what you search for are your people you yeah. know I, I forgot who said it but it's like a famous quote uh like find your people you know yeah you were talking um franklin earlier about uh, enjoying us mentioning like TGIF on our uh, Sturgill Simpson episode. I posted the episode on like a Sturgill Simpson subreddit just to see if people catch it. And of course, I get a comment the first 20 minutes is a slog, just skip ahead. They don't even mention Sturgill in the first. And I'm like, <laughs> come on. And, and the, the funny thing is, the night before, Patrick texted me. He's like, I think this is our best first segment we've ever done. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I sent him a screenshot of that. I was just like, uh, so we, much for that. When uh, me and, me and uh, the uncle started off there, we did the same yeah. thing in terms of just like searching the reactions early on. And uh, yeah, like just uh, people can be hurtful. People can be hurtful sometimes, man. It's, uh, you know, you think something's working out well, but uh, I feel like that you're right now in the 30 episode spot now. So like, this is where you get your footing, you know, just it's, it's a good spot to be in, you know, you got like, you know, you got your season one Homer Simpson voice more, and then you develop, then you blossom, baby. And you, you can't hate on the critics, you know, number one, thank you for listening because that's, yeah. that's cool. But also like, you know, they, with a couple cents in our pocket <laughs> with, <laughs> with as random as our topics can be, we know that we're going to get people that are very, very passionate about things, which is great. I mean, we need more of that in the world. People that are passionate about stuff, you know, but Philip and I are the dumbasses to decide we're going to go after some of the most like 
hardcore material that that the most passionate people oh, in the no. world. You know, Star Wars. There's people that bleed this stuff. You know, there's people that yeah. sneeze midi chlorians. Like, <laughs> Star Wars and wrestling. That's yes. Uh, woof. <laughs> woof. Yeah. Patrick, Franklin, let's not waste any time because, uh, Franklin, just to give you context, we've been, I, I just randomly I decided, you know what, I really haven't seen fully the prequels in a while. I'm one of those people that when I first saw them, like I saw Phantom Menace and I was like, I like it pretty good. I saw the second one and of course I was in college at this time and I was trying to get into like indie film and things like that and I was, I, I, I thought I was above it and I thought sure. I was too cool for it. And I'll just give my experience of first seeing Revenge of the Sith. It was right after I graduated college. It was like maybe a week or two after. And I was just like, let's just get this over with. I was kind of done with it. <laughs> and I couldn't really enjoy it because I had a bad attitude coming in. And I've kind of, you know, you kind of hang on to things like that. So I was just like, Let, I'm going to wipe the slate clean, the slate being my mind, and just go into it with fresh eyes and an and open heart. And I've really been enjoying these a lot more. And this one, I was just like, yes, this, this, this one ranks. And now it's like, I think this is one of my top three Star Wars films where sure. it was kind of near the bottom before, but, uh, that's what we've been doing. Um, Franklin, why don't you start off? Like what, what's your, um, relationship with Star Wars and then this film, like seeing it for the first time, if you remember that or anything like well, that. I, I absolutely do. And I, I, and I think we, uh, and our podcasts are so similar just to go back to that because just the overall age range of us are yeah. pretty much in the same trajectory. Uh, you know, like I always tell like Uncle Otto, like nobody under the age of like 40 can listen to our show. <laughs> like, you know, just exaggerate. Like, so. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, it's like nobody under the age of 40 can start fucking, it's impossible to like, you're joking about refrigerator Perry, you old sack of shit. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. For the fridge. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I like that you brought up where your mindset was when you went to see revenge of the Sith. Uh, it reminds me of what Yoda said when, uh, when Luke said, what's in there only what you bring in with you so when mm -hmm. you're bringing in certain attitudes now you don't you know i'm not saying you have to enjoy revenge of the sith but when you're bringing in certain preconceived notions and a certain attitude what's in there only what you bring in with you so like if you're bringing you know uh just a lot of just like you know angst towards this movie and you know it's it's tough it's tough especially at that age like fresh out of uh out of college you know you know it's uh not that there's any like not accusing you of being a pseudo intellectual, but you know, it might oh, be. He, no, he no, is. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll accuse him of it. <laughs> <laughs> but so so I waited twelve hours in line to watch Revenge of the Sith. So that's, wow. And I was fresh out of high school. So okay. Wow. Um, Got it. Yes. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I waited there. Uh, we were outside, man. After like eight o'clock, we it was back when midnight showings were still a thing, you know. Yeah. I think midnight yeah. showings. I think maybe like up to 2013. I don't know when they stopped becoming a thing, and they just like gave up, and said. Yeah, they just started doing like Thursday nights. Yeah, like so. okay, yeah, right, exactly. Um, so it was midnight showing. They have to stay true to the word. Fucking midnight, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm there at three o'clock after uh, classes at uni. Uh, for the British fans out there. 
and I'm waiting with my buddy and it's, you know, outside of the damn mall and it's tough. <laughs> and at the theater, they let us in the theater with like maybe four hours to go. And we're just like, can they show something, you know? And they're just, they couldn't mm -hmm. do it. So me and my friend developed a game where we just shouted out random names to see who would turn back around. And we, uh, we got about 20 people's names by at some point of the, <laughs> of the night, you know, but, uh, you know, the mics and, uh, Juans of the world stopped looking back after <laughs> the third time. Like, okay, you guys are being idiots. Um, no, Franklin, yeah. did you do this for, cause you know, we're all, like you said, you're, we're all around the same age. And so, yeah. you know, we didn't see the original trilogy in the no. theaters when it, in its first run, did you do this for the other two prequels? Uh, episode one and episode two did you yeah, do the midnight showing no 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 uh it was not as fortunate i think attack of the clones i saw two days after which is sacrilege mm -hmm. like you know yeah yeah and i saw if a non-fan <laughs> was just like he was so bored we we had to go see scooby-doo right after just to like appease his like he's like would you he's like would you be mad if we walked out right now i'm just like okay jesus christ dude whatever <laughs> but I, I liked the prequels. Uh, I wasn't like diehard after each of them. I think I liked Attack yeah. of the Clones a lot the first time I saw it. So mm. uh, I was definitely in a different wavelength than you guys. But I did see uh, 96 or 97 where they showed the remastered versions in theaters. I did yeah. check that out. Did you guys do that? I don't think I went. I did. Oh, did you, Patrick? I didn't. I knew. I know exactly what you're talking about, but no, mm. I didn't see that. Big Taco Bell campaign for, for well, both that and Phantom Menace. But mm -hmm. um, no, I mean, Star Wars is pretty much there since like fifth grade when I discovered it on USA Network. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. how I found it. Some people are Spike TV, uh, this new generation, they're TNT uh, generation. If uh, they've watched uh, prequels, well, I know it's, you know, streaming services now, but, you know, you have your Spike era, your TNT era, and I'm a, I'm a USA era. You know, Vince McMahon <laughs> plugged it on Raw. And like the man did not know what the hell he was plugging. I, I can, I will find the video for you all later. It's like Star Wars. And uh, Bobby Keenan's like, wow, it takes them three movies just to win a war. Just like <laughs> yeah. Bobby Heenan. So Patrick, what's your, um, do you remember when you first saw it? Did we see it together? Yeah, it's we very did. possible we did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm <laughs> sure that we saw this one together. I know that, you know, yeah, dude, yeah. where's my car? We're still looking for whoever saw that with me in the theater, but um, it's the biggest mystery. Patrick would say for years that I saw that with him, and I was like, I've never seen that movie. I would know if I'd seen it. I'm not trying to be an, an <laughs> asshole. Franklin, the weirdest thing is, you know, I, ha I have a very weird memory because, yeah. you know, I will remember the most mundane, stupid <laughs> sure. crap that nobody has any business retaining. But for whatever reason, I have this false memory of seeing, of all movies, Dude, Where's My Car with Philip. But uh, he swears, and I believe him. But I, I have no idea who I saw this movie with. <laughs> it's just crazy. But wow, it wasn't, it wasn't you, Franklin, was it? <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't see it in theaters either. We're just gonna have to start asking every guest if if they saw it with Patrick. Did you well, see one by one? Yeah. <laughs> no, but but Philip, uh, you and I saw it together, and it was it was very close to the release. Um, that yeah. when you're. You know, when you're passionate about something, even if it's something that you're not 100% hardcore about, like ultimately you don't want things to get spoiled. And I, you know, Philip, you and I went to see it together very soon after because you know both of us had talked the same way that you and I talked about um, episode nine. Oh my god, um, the most recent release. Well, oh my god, why am I blanking on Rise this? of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. part of the problem with this is that movie's kind of completely forgettable. <laughs> Well, hey, honestly, oh, yeah, yeah. I can remember dude, where, dude where's my car, not who I saw with, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, because 
you don't want things to get spoiled. And this day and age, social media, Twitter, teaching children, they'll shout out. Like, I, we went and saw it very soon after so that we would, even though you know what's going to happen, it's oh, just it's how. that movie specifically, yes. Yeah, like, you just want to see how it happens. But you know yeah, Anakin's yeah, yeah. going to fall. You know that he's going to turn into Darth Vader. You know that all the Jedi are going to get wiped out. It's just how they choose to do it. And I think for this movie, the more I watch this, the more I like it. And that's saying something. I mean, this is, I think mm-hmm. of all the nine, this is my favorite overall. I, I have to, as I've, I've talked to Philip about this, I, I have to look at what's going on in the Clone Wars cartoon. I'm, I'm an artist. I love the art of, you know, Dave Filoni is a genius right now. What he did with Rebels, Clone Wars, Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Like, I love this guy. And yeah. the, what, I'll be the first to admit you can develop more of a story in a TV show. I get that. But like what they did at the end of that Clone Wars cartoon series that tied directly into the movie, uh, episode three here, there's it fills in gaps that didn't necessarily have to be filled in, but all it does is just amplify what you're seeing on the big screen. And so like I, I think I can't fully isolate the movie by itself. And I think also... I hated Attack of the Clones so much. And the older I get, the more grumpy and pissed off I am about that movie. The fact that it comes right... You're not just going to grab a movie and watch one of them. You're going to watch them in order. You're going to have a marathon. I think because I come from episode two into episode three, it makes three look so much better. (laughs) You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Patrick, because when we talked about episode two, I was like, I liked it better this time. It it wasn't, I used to not want to watch it. And it was probably only the third or fourth time I'd ever seen it. And I was like, it wasn't that bad. And Patrick's like, I still hate it. (laughs) I think one third of it is really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is very, you know, I don't think that there's a lot of movies where you could say, well, one third of that. You know, not like the first half is good and the second half's bad. Like one third of that, like specifically, I guess, like the Obi Wan detective stuff is uh yeah, really good. Like at least, in- Patrick, to go to go back to uh, your point here about Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars, I think there is somebody has made a cut already of just tying in those last four Clone Wars episodes to uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, which sounds incredible. Oh my god, I gotta watch that. Uh, cutting in with like you know Ahsoka finding out that Count Dooku's dead and uh, yeah, it's it's heavy stuff and the gaps they filled, like you mentioned, that did not need to be filled. It's still incredible and you know there wasn't a plan for Ahsoka when these movies were made. Like that's not something that somebody that existed and now it's like a seamless fit. From time to time, I watch these movies and I'm just like, damn, it would have been so nice. It, it's impossible to get a blurb yeah. about her. Just the blurb mm-hmm. to connect it all together perfectly. It's fine, you know, not a big deal, whatever. Um, but gosh, a blurb about Ahsoka would have been so good. M- much like a Master Sifo uh type blurb, you know, from, you know, the Master Sifo is just a, a, pr- a prominent blurb in Attack of the Clones. I know you guys don't remember it, but uh, a Rise of Skywalker, Ochi of Bestoon. The bounty hunter sent to kill Ray's parents. He's oh, got a, yeah. bit, a bit of a master Sifo Dias, like this ominous figure that once existed, uh, kind of vibe yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that. I like that kind of like 
you know, unexplored area that, uh, you know, where it allows us to fill us the gaps. Cause my initial, I, and I think just with any other star Wars fans who collected, uh, these Kenner Hasbro toys from the nineties, um, you know, we had our own stories for our, our IG 88. We, we have been writing episode seven, uh, before the movie ever was conceived. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've had our own, you know, ideas with our action figures of what stories we tell and whatnot. So, it's uh the sequels are burning it, that was just like i know a lot of i mean i'm not crazy about them myself there's things i like and things i don't but those are just a burden based off just expectations and then you have your side yeah. series now that you could do whatever with and you know if it's good it's good if it's not you know it is what it is but there's not it's not burden like the sequels you know not to go off topic now franklin i wasn't a big collector of the star wars toys the Kenner toys, but I did have a few randomly of the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves toys, which it turns out they just modeled. Do you know about this? I don't know. They about just this. used the all the all the toys were they were just uh, they just modeled after the Star Wars toys. <laughs> so the uh, the Robin of Loxley Sherwood Forest and his Merry Men was just the Ewok village, and they just repurposed it. That's awesome. I guess in a way because I had the little Robin Hood and maybe another one. I, I did have like you I think the Robin Hood was a was a Luke Skywalker with a different head, but <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> with Kevin Costner's head. I did not on. know that it did that with the Robin Hood. I didn't know Robin uh-huh. Hood Prince of Thieves. Uh, Uncle, I'm talking about there was a video. There was a video game of that. Uh, not a Robin Hood guy. I'm sorry, guys. I know who attended the premiere though. <laughs> but I can tell you. I mean, I do like uh, Men in Tights. I, I, I kind of got more into that one. Men in Tights, I remember, again, never Rob. I remember the commercials in the 90s, though. Seemed funny. Yeah, Dave Chappelle was in it. But, um, <laughs> Shit, <okay. laughs> Damn, from You Got Mail, that guy? Yeah, yeah. the same. <laughs> funny guy. And Half-Baked, who probably gave COVID to uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, well, let's get into it. Let's get into the movie. Patrick, as we were doing, we rewatched these uh, recently. I, I got a slew of notes. I just want to like let's throw out there. I'll, I'll just go to you, Patrick, and then we can just kind of fill in what what struck out to you just like going through this movie another time. Well, just you know, an overall general comment I would make is that I felt like um, you know, and this is a human aspect. You know, when you do something pretty poorly and you feel bad because you did something bad. And so the next time you do something similar, you make it, you're, you're going to fix this, but you're going to do it so much better. That's the vibe I got from this. I feel like George Lucas stepped up his game. The dialogue was better. The action was better. They, like, take a, you know, a Attack of the Clones, there's some mild lightsaber stuff at the beginning, but nothing, you know, you don't get a really good scene until later on. They open up episode oh, yeah. three. With a lightsaber battle, and you know, I, let me let me throw this out there. It's probably not like helping with continuity here of our conversation, but how come Obi Wan is such a punk when it comes to Dooku? Like he always goes down. Yeah, like a I punk. noticed that this time, and I feel like the the battle with Grievous was to actually show like he could actually he can hold be his own. A badass. Well, that's the yeah, thing. because yeah, at the end of Episode Two and the beginning of Three, it's just. You know, it might just—it's like basketball. It's just a matchup issue. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, I like that. Hey, it's you know, there's form four. Uh, there's a there's some lightsaber forms. I don't know that bullshit, but uh, I haven't <laughs> I haven't gone that uh, far down. But yeah, it's a, I like that. It's a matchup issue, and also 
if they're from the novels and a lot of uh there's a lot of respect that dooku has for obi-wan and this is canon novels uh not you know, okay and there's he was really hesitant about killing him he never he always insisted to palpatine let's turn obi-wan he had a stronger mm. connection to obi-wan because he really respected him and he really liked because you know also you know a student of qui-gon so there's that connection he really had respect and it wasn't just till the end where he just kind of caved in and was like okay you know i'll you know i'll kill obi-wan and so we you know we get i mean so we get anakin to join our side blah 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 but he really was reluctant about it and uh and as part of attack of the clones that i do like that he's just telling him he told him the the truth but pretty much he told him everything in his yeah. interrogation so i think that lightsaber fight in the beginning just i, I you, you are right patrick he is uh he looks like a jobber <laughs> he absolutely does but here's another thing i love right before that is i love i wrote down i was like i like obi-wan flying about to have a panic attack like they're they're doing it's got this awesome like like space battle right in the beginning too and they have these like proto tie fighters that they're flying in which are really cool and anakin almost has this like sadistic joy when he's flying those i mean he does it in the in the like car chase scene in the in episode two but in this one too he's just like He's almost like orgasmic, like blowing up other starships and things like that. And Obi-Wan's like, just like, oh God, I hate this. And he's like about to have a panic attack. And it's, it was funny to me. Maybe he's just, he was, he was coming down off of that, um, that flying he didn't like. And that's why he couldn't fight Count Dooku. Maybe. Oh, wow. Some psychological. <laughs> I mean, first off, that's as great that they have that, you know, that Anakin just loves this, this sadistic motherfucker. And yeah, like, yeah. Obi-Wan's just like, gosh, I can't, I can't with this. I really like that comparison, Philip. That's pretty solid. Well, you know, for somebody that hates flying as much as Obi-Wan says he does, he's actually really good at it. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it, that's that's a great opening scene. I, I always, I know it's simple too, but, you know, all the, the main movies start in space. And, I, you know, I've always liked mm -hmm. that. You know, it's just, it, it kind of gives you that feel of otherworldly, you know, not necessarily here on Earth type. You know, I, I always like that. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, like I, I really like that they jump right into the action in. Uh, let me let me say action that is consequential immediately. You know, yeah. we knew in episode one they were going to have to build up and build up storyline and, and and set uh, a lot of exposition up. You know, here we got what two and a half hours, and we got to see the this young man turn into the biggest baddie in the history of movies. And, and, you know, how are they going to do it? They got to go quick. And, you know, I think they start off on the, I feel awful saying, it. I, I think they start off with a great idea, like just having him just decapitate Dooku. I mean, yeah, it's sick. boom, <laughs> done. It's like, all right, there's your PG-13. <laughs> yeah, they earned that rating. They got that rating. <laughs> yeah, I clocked it 14 minutes in. I was like, is this the earliest beheading in a PG-13 movie? Like, it's got to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact that it was Dooku, the fact that this was like a, a, I don't think they ever really purely clarified that it's like a Sith Lord. But I mean, you know, this is a, a pretty strong bad guy. And so like, Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, no, yeah. this is Darth Tyrannus. They, they kind of not... mention it right at the end of episode two. But and once again, as we said, the whole time we're doing this, Palpatine is so awesome in this. And oh, he's God, just like yeah. even more awesome in this movie. And he's just, yeah. just that when he just changes his tone, he's just like, do it. And it's just. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> it's a tour de force that he does throughout these. It's really uh, it's low key. It's very understated how good he is in all these movies. 
But have you guys seen the deleted scenes for this? Not to uh, venture off. I don't off think this. I have. There is I, so there's some funny stuff in terms of Grievous and Obi Wan's fight, where okay. this is like a 13 minute fight that goes on. <laughs> that just it is the most. There is the schematics or whatever it's called of just like computer animation, and they are going through a subway system in uh, Utapau. They are going through all. They're running over clones. Like there's so much going on. It is so insane this 13 minute like feature i will send you the link after we do this i will post it on twitter again and, <laughs> yeah that'd be uh, awesome it is it is amazing how long this thing goes this is just like you know i mean god it's, it's a ridiculous fight i don't i hate this is the only comparison i have but it's uh it's family guy it's peter and that chicken, <laughs> chicken. fighting everywhere i'm sorry i don't have a better <laughs> analogy you know you mentioned grievous i there's a, I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, not the Clone Wars with Ahsoka, but there was a cartoon Clone Wars series of shorts that led into the movie. Um, and, uh, you know, this is before Disney bought Lucasfilm, all that stuff, but the shorts actually show Grievous for the first time because that was the big deal. I think it was, uh, I, I, I may be incorrect, but I think it was Cartoon Network was premiering these you know, at the time, but, um, it, it may have been somebody else, but, uh, they were showing, you know, you see Grievous for the first time and, you know, this is one of those characters. And again, this is why I like the, you know, Ahsoka's Clone Wars, cause it develops the character a little bit more. I mean, here visually you got this part man, part machine. I would have liked to see some sort of like throwaway line here or there. Like maybe the organs were from Sifo Diaz. You know, boom, there's yeah. some sort of connection. Like, well, he just had something. his blood. And uh, Dami, and oh. uh, you, and it's canon. He had sifo yes, Jedi blood. He tried getting Jedi blood uh, fused into him to, to get Force powers. It didn't work, but he tried. So it, uh, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. The thing in the movie, too, that struck me that I'd never really paid attention to was he says that Count Dooku trained him in the ways of, like, the Jedi arts. And I was like, that's interesting. Did they have it, like... a is he the only droid that's been like trained to like? Well, well he's not a droid. Lightsaber duel. He's not, and and he takes great offense to that in the Clone Wars. Oh he my really, god! Yeah. There's there's some heat between uh, him and Count Dooku. There is legitimate heat. I guess that's true. He's um, I guess he's like a cyborg. Well, what is a, he called? It's a in precursor the... to Darth Vader. That's the because yes. you're part machine, yes. part part man, part machine. Like like it's it's really well done when you realize that that's intentional. And, and not the intentional that George Lucas, as we have mentioned in other episodes, that George Lucas thinks that everybody's going to get it, but then they don't. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, like an inside yeah. joke to himself. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is this is clearly a precursor to what Darth Vader is yes. going to end up being. I loved it. I appreciate it. I like that, um, you know, then again, let me give some credit to George Lucas, not just for that, but, you know, he, it's implied that these lightsabers that he has are trophies. That he's taken them off Jedi, that he's killed or or, or whatever. I love that he actually uses them. Mm-hmm. The fact that he, you know, you break out, you got four lightsabers going. Like that's badass. This is like yeah. he's a great character. My, I, I, I don't have a lot of just direct complaints about this movie, and I understand why they couldn't. I would have liked to see a little bit more of, even if it was just like like you know, like I said, a throwaway line here or there about like you know whose organs are that. Or, or you, yeah. you know, who mm-hmm. did you used to be, or what, what's going on with you, you know? But 
understand you can't develop everything two and a half hours got to get anakin to the the younglings you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is part of the fun it wasn't intended that way i'm not saying it that that's it but it is part of the fun now to fill in those gaps yeah and to fill in gaps about you know almost extras that was the fun of of the old star wars toys was getting this like hammerhead character and like figuring out oh that was a rebel spy or whatever you know filling in those gaps and creating almost your own narratives is is fun or or the investigative work of finding things out later about so and so when it when it when it feels right when it's just like hey this guy actually turned out to be you know leia's cousin like okay whatever whatever but like when there's like a nice cool little sub story like it's 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 the best i mean I think one of my, and I think I said it earlier in one of our earlier recordings, but Franklin, one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars movies, all these movies and the plethora of TV shows and movies we're getting, it's the opera scene and the the Darth Plagueis speech. And that's when, like you were saying earlier, Patrick, I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm like, we were saying Lucas can't write dialogue. He's even said that about this, but this is some beautiful dialogue right here. I love it so much. Philip, it's not just the dialogue, because I agree with you 100%. It's, it's not just yeah, the dialogue, yeah. too. The scene here, you know, it, it's this space opera, which in itself is is kind of humorous. But the the fact that what they're watching is, is you know, you, you've got this, I don't know, it almost sounds like there's like a didgeridoo. You know, it, it, there, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a very ambiance... It's like guttural singing, like monotone. It's really yeah. cool. And, and what they're, you know, of course, Anakin and Palpatine are talking, so they're not really watching what's going on. But what the audience is watching is, you know, the, these kind of morphing bubble looking type things. You know, it's <laughs> not like if they were watching a movie or something with a plot or whatever that would take your attention away. So I thought that was mm-hmm. really clever that they're watching something that doesn't distract from what your focus as an audience member is supposed to be, which is the conversation between the two. The biggest thing I took from that scene was Palpatine talking about, you know, good is a point of view. And I, I mean, that really hits home when you take that, like strip away what you're supposed to think and all that. But if you step away and look at the Jedi Council are they really good? Because they're warriors. You know, Ahsoka says in the end of the Clone Wars that, that you know, all that she's known the Jedi to be are generals, not peacekeepers. They're generals. And that's not what is at the core of what a Jedi is. And so, you know, from a certain point of view, if I may quote Obi-Wan a few movies later, it's really ambiguous as to who good really is. And if you step into... You know what? I want to say Anakin, but I'm going to say Hayden Christensen. If you step into Hayden Christensen's role, because I will (laughs) give him credit for this. It feels like, again, it feels like he and George Lucas sat down and took all the criticism and said, we're going to do something. He rocked this movie. I thought he rocked it. I don't know if it's the tone or the sure, you know, whatever. He he rocked it. Yeah, he he really did. And uh, back to the opera house. That's that's just great world building. That's this great world building. They don't focus on it for more than maybe a couple of seconds. It is kind of going on in the peripheral, but it's this great world building on what like the upper class uh, people of that level of Coruscant, because Coruscant is basically just like uh, a hierarchical uh, stratosphere where the literal, the richest people live on the top and the yeah. poorest are all the way at the bottom. It couldn't yep. be any more literal in, in terms of, you know, where, where you stand socioeconomically. And uh, I like that opera house. I have no, uh, 
I, I almost wish. I think I read once that there was a performance by Amon Calamari, and this, again, it's canon, and it's going to upset you all. A performance at the Galaxy's Opera House, which is what it's called, of Squid Lake. I don't know if that's <laughs> legitimate, but it's called, there's a performance of Amon Calamari who did Squid Lake. I, I don't know. You know, Wikipedia says that's that that happened. So Squid Lake, <laughs> get your tickets now. For for the people that write the stuff on that site, you know what? I would not go against anything they said. They got their facts straight, I'm sure. No, no, no. And that sounds legit enough to me, you know? Probably a lot of anti uh, quarantine uh, propaganda in Squid Lake if it's written by Mon Calamari. A lot of hostility. A lot of a lot of in galaxy racism in Star Wars for sure. Oh my God. A lot of prejudice. Uh, like it's not funny but it is. no like, no but it's real it's real but the fact that i even know what you're talking about it's like <laughs> embarrassingly awesome <laughs> there's that hey look there's no way around it man you know hey, we're, we're all friends here so <laughs> but yeah we mentioned ahsoka it just made me think of something that both her and anakin turn away from the jedi for good reasons because the Jedi were out of touch. We were talking about, you know, they, they're literally up in like an ivory tower, separated from everybody, kind of getting involved with like politics and stuff. But they just take different turns. She kind of, I guess, exiles herself and and still like will do like, what would you say? Like fight for justice or whatever. Sure, and, yeah, yeah. You know, Real Anakin just turns. But I mean, they had the just, they knew that what the Jedi were doing was wrong. Yeah. It's just that Anakin and, and Sidious just did perfectly like, pulls that truth out, but then twists it and kind of makes him go evil, you know? And, and Sidious is the only support system he's had, you know? Right. So he didn't, it's not like he joined up with this evil man who lied to him. I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, it, it's sure part of that, but he, it's his only support system. So, I mean, it, it's kind of tough, you know? And Ahsoka, yeah. No, no, Ahsoka really didn't have that. She really didn't have that, so her, her support system betrayed her during her trial, and they're just, you know, they, at the end, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's the ways of the Force. Like, damn, like, <laughs> you know, the ways of the Force would have had her in, you know, in jail, essentially, if, you know, she didn't fight for her own justice. So she has every right to get out of there and lose faith completely in the Order. Frankly, you mentioned Ahsoka's trial, and, and you know, I... I love her character. I think if I have to pick one character in the entire Star Wars universe, I, I think she's my favorite overall. I really truly believe that because of you know the path that she took I, I, takes. I, I love that she's Anakin's Padawan. I think that that really you know the the relationship that they had and you see them grow from the first time they meet to the last time they meet. Fast forward to Rebels, so like you know when they yeah. yes it's Darth Vader, but still like the the timeline just. Seeing this character grow so much, I absolutely adore this character. Now, you know, Mace Windu. Here we go. I'm going to open the door because I okay, let's do this. hate Mace Windu with a passion. And, the it, you know, <laughs> it starts off with this, the scene you just mentioned. You know, oh, you know, we're sorry, Ahsoka, but now we know that this was your great trial. The Force, uh, 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 yeah, this was the Force's way of, of giving you the challenge. Here, be a Jedi now. Like, shut up. Palpatine, you, you hit it on the head. Like, Palpatine was the only person that, through Anakin's perspective, had, had yes. like, trusted Anakin. 
he gave Anakin, you know, when you trust somebody, they know a little bit more about you. You, you know, Anakin clearly trusted Palpatine, as you see in uh, one of their conversations about, like, when, when he's like, you remember what you told me about the Sand People and, and your mother and all that? So he's clearly mm-hmm. a, a yeah. confidant. And when Palpatine puts him on the council as his special advisor, Palpatine knows exactly what he's doing. He's trolling the council, and the council doesn't like it, but it's led by Mace Windu. And, I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're straight up just flaunting their plumage by saying, you're on the council, but a master you are not, because we decide this. I mean, like, all they're doing is just basically telling this young man who has a weight of the world upon his shoulders, being the chosen one and all that, like, they're, they're just straight up telling him, you're, you're not really... On, you're you're not one of us. We don't trust you. We don't think that you're you're doing this. I'd be pissed off too. Yeah, you're not a starter on the team. You are uh, merely replacing <laughs> an injured player. If I have to get it to sports here, like you know. <laughs> and as soon as that injured player is better, you're gone. You are gone out of the rotation. We're trading you actually for cap for con- cash considerations and a second round pick. <laughs> player right. player to be named later. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw something was like, oh, Los Angeles Clippers traded for uh, the 2029 uh, first round pick of Oklahoma City. Like, yeah, you're, you're traded for somebody who's currently in sixth grade as well. Oh, my yeah. God. That's, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, Mace Windu is so like by the book and he's always just like negating whatever Anakin wants to do. And he's just like, no, we got to do it like this. Not like that. It's funny talking about nerd nerd shit. I was like. This was kind of a teacher thing. I was like, he, he needs to, I wrote this in my notes, it's kind of a dumb thing, but he he needs to di- differentiate his Jedi teachings based on like Anakin and the other kids because you should know Anakin's not going to respond well to differentiated instruction, man. Come trying on. Trying to tell him, hey, you sit down and wait while we, we handle the adult business because he doesn't do that. He goes and takes care of, you know, he goes and does stuff. My uh, buddy Harpo uh, <laughs> says Mace Windu's a cop. You know, that's what he says from the start. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of a cop, you know? I don't know. What how... does he say? I mean, his big scene, you're under arrest. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, that's yeah. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we Wait. talk about that? I understand. Yeah, yeah. The you know, I hate how they made Kip Vista look like, man. Like you let I wrote the same thing. Just like how how they made Kip Vista look like, um, Kiati Mundi as well, you know, I mean, like, uh, I really, so Kiati Mundi, I didn't learn his name. It took me so long to learn his name as a Star Wars fan. I would always forget it. And, uh, you know, I'm my buddy Bugman going back for, you know, so long now. I would always text him, <laughs> even even just, just dating ourselves, that I'd always instant message him because I'd always forget yeah, yeah. throughout the years. I would hit him up on AIM. Hey, who's that? Uh, the long head. I was saying no. I was saying dickheaded no, Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, saying yeah. who's that dickheaded <laughs> Jedi? Yeah. I, it would almost be a periodic message. I would send him almost every two years or so, <laughs> and it would just be like, "Hey, what's his name again?" And it just bugger to respond. Kiati Mundi. I would get it. I would text him. You know. Uh, just you know, we went to uh, different colleges in uh, uh, different parts of Florida. He'd be miles away, hundred miles away. And you get a text from Franklin on his phone. Who was that? What's the name of that dickhead of Jedi again? I forgot. Uh, just in, just getting these intrusive thoughts, trying to remember who uh, he was. Uh, and he deserved more respect. He doesn't even get it in Clone Wars, to be honest, in the series. But back to that arrest scene, man. 
three Jedi just like that. That's yeah. I understand the scream is supposed to to force scream and to you know disassociate that you know, but I just don't like it. Palpatine was very careful at the timing of everything too, and you know he, of course, the Jedi are scattered because they have to be right now. The fact that Anakin went to Mace, of all, and I know Mace is the big dog in charge in the Ivory Tower right now. Yoda's somewhere else. Obi-Wan's somewhere I get it. He's on Kashyyyk? But mm-hmm. it, it, why did you go to the one person that you know hates you and, and, and dismisses the prophecy or what, you know, that remains to be seen? You know, he... Oh, he doesn't know that. He says it, though. He like, But he doesn't... He says it to Obi-Wan, like, a prophecy, you know, like, you know... He's like, eh, I don't know about these young kids. Like, they don't have those conversations in front of him. Obviously, he knows he doesn't like them, though. Like, there's that. Oh, I mean, right, that right, right, obvious. right, right. Yeah. Was like, it like Secura's? She's in uh, Felucia. Yeah. And, like, you know, you get these characters that it's supposed to, they go down so easily because it's supposed to make Sidious look like, you know, mm-hmm. very, very strong, which he is. But it was almost too much. It's like, you know, give these guys a little bit more respect. Because they are Jedi Masters on the council, and they just go down like nothing. So in the original, uh, I think it was in the original script, and it might even be in the book, Interpretation of Revenge of the Sith. So, well, so I guess we always go by the movie when when something from the book is discredited from the movie, we go by the movie. But uh, So it might have been from the original script where he had a statue uh, that he, he would break to get his two lightsabers from essentially Sidious. Uh, he had like a cool stat. I forgot the exact. Again, I gotta find you all this later. But like, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a cool reveal to get his lightsabers. Like, oh, okay, you guys want to scrap? Okay, this statue I've had here the whole time. Boom, this like <laughs> like secret doorway kind of stuff. Like, oh, one lightsaber? What? Okay, yeah, it's uh, he had two in the Clone Wars actually. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he had the second one there. Well, you know, I mean, another another thing I have against Mace here in this, not just this scene, but like leading up to this scene, you know, Mace clearly states, you know, dark side of the force surrounds the chancellor. I don't trust him. I don't like him, all this stuff. Like, if you suspect something, you know, we've all been working in education, so we, we've seen our share of, of uh, disloyalty and mistrust. And, and you know, if, if something smells fishy, you look into it a little more. If, if this is supposed to be, you know, if the hierarchy is supposed to be Yoda and then Mace, if this powerful, powerful Jedi smells fish, why is he not going to find where that smell is coming from? Why are they not really looking into it more than they do? And then when Anakin comes back and he's like, hey, look, I found, I found <laughs> the guy that you are looking for. I found the Sith Lord. And, and, and Mace is just like, oh, well, I, if you are... If you are right, then I will trust you. Yeah, then, just it is. It is frustrating. It is definitely frustrating that Mace uh, just handled just about everything terribly. You know, awful. he he handled everything terribly. Uh, I I have no words for that. It's it's, you know, I mean Mace. Yeah, I, again, I'm less speechless. I think Patrick, you basically illustrated anything I could about that well, about that Franklin, whole thing. Franklin, question for you. So the scene, you know, where where Sidious and Mace are going at you got the lightning battle, all that. You know, uh-huh. do you think that Sidious was just trolling Mace, That's, or do you think that Mace was like legitimately winning that fight? Gosh, you know, it's got to be a little bit of both, maybe. I don't know. You want to give Mace some credit as a badass and like kind of doing like. It's a quite the vulnerable position to be in, you know. It's kind of a vulnerable spot, 
Like he's just bite, buying, biding his time. So maybe a little bit of both. He was biding his time, but then towards the end, it's like, oh shit. Like, you know, he's, he does have me. I don't know. It's almost like, I mean, all of this was really to like, you know, the whole, the whole series is this whole like process of gaining power, slowly like accumulating power, but also like turning Anakin to be his like, his second in this world domination. But it, it felt to me like watching this, and maybe it was just the way I was like watching it. It felt like he he was holding back and waiting. You can kind of he probably knew that like Anakin would show up at some point. Yeah, because yes. he knew what was up. So maybe and he so let it's his like he was waiting for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. And then and then the cool thing that I noticed, and uh, you know, <laughs> my pseudo intellectual side is coming out here. I noticed that this time there's that long scene. It's just like really quiet where like Anakin's in his, I guess his apartment or something. And mm. so is Padme and she, they're, they're separate. They're like in yeah. separate rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's that, there's that music from the opera. Love there's that. that kind of the didgeridoo music again. Mm. Right. And he's just looking out and he looks out onto that, to the, um, to the tower, the, oh. the temple where the Jedi council meet. He's looking out and he sees yeah. that place that, that ivory tower, you know, it's the exact midpoint of the movie. And that's when he like, it's the straw that broke the camel's back, the tipping point right there. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm getting in my plane. I'm going over there. And then it just all goes downhill from there. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's well done. I really like that. I don't know uh, if y'all uh, noticed, but Padme in that scene, her clothes were a lot darker. Like, mm, so, yeah. you know, her uh, outfit changes you know, throughout the, the movie as well. Like when I, and this is, again, this is why this is my favorite of the Star Wars movies because it feels like what George Lucas had in his head in terms of just cinematography finally showed. And, you know, yeah, there's some cheesy stuff that like anybody that, that Googles anything about this movie is going to see, well, the last time that Obi-Wan and Anakin see each other, you know, before he turns... He's in, Anakin's in the shadow, Obi-Wan's in the light. Like, uh, there's obvious stuff yeah. like that. But then there's so many other, like, little details, too. Like, you, you like like this scene, like, Philip, like you're talking about. I mean, I, I think that this is the best that George Lucas has done and could do in Star Wars. It all just came together. And, and again, I think a lot of it was that the, you know, of course it's going to be silly dialogue because we're talking about a galaxy, you know, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. I, I get it. But the, I think that actors, you know, especially Hayden Christensen, who I've always been very critical of in episode two, I think that, like, they really stepped up their game. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that they, you see glimpses here and there, but this one I thought was the most complete, you know. Uh, and, and as much as I want to hate Mace Windu, <laughs> Sam Jackson does a good job playing his oh, character. Yeah. Incredible yeah. job. That, I mean, yeah, yeah. let's clarify. Like, we hate him that much because Sam Jackson is that great yes. at uh, getting that emotion from us. I mean, he's, he's incredible. Like, he's amazing. Visual storytelling. That is Lucas's expertise. A lot of this dialogue. Yeah, I know it's a bit rough. Uh, Bug likes to use it as, like, Shakespearean dialogue. So it's dialogue of... 500 years from now or you know to like you know yeah, to yeah, actual yeah, yeah. aliens just looking to understand it's supposed to be this universal dialogue that we could understand the context you know then we could understand it hundreds of years later that's what he likes to say i i am not as forgiving as uh <laughs> as bug on that end but he is he is yeah. my buddy uh right so right. a couple a couple things i wanted to point out here 
when uh, Anakin does go, like Philip was saying, finally, you know, this is the point of no return. Back to the book again, you guys. I know nerd shit coming up. That's okay. Uh, C3PO is just like, uh, like I wonder what's wrong with Anakin, like uh, post uh, younglings uh, slaughter. And uh, what uh, actually post fight with, uh, I don't know if it was post fight with Obi-Wan or post younglings slaughter. R2 tells 3PO, I don't know. Anakin does not talk to me anymore. So Anakin just is done communicating with R2 at that point, which I think is a nice, it's an addition later on, you know, it's yeah, just, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's little footnotes to include after the fact. I mean, look, Ahsoka is too, you know, there's no way around it. She is too. And it's, inc- she's incredible, but I like that. Another thing I liked. Well, first off, the Utapau aliens are just dope as hell. Those, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, if you have warriors, now's the time. I think is a low-key dope line. Like, because they've been fighting the Clone Wars. Not every civilization has warriors. They're teaching some little Super Mario shell guys how to fight with spears at one point. <laughs> so Obi-Wan's <laughs> like, look, I don't know if you guys can fight. Maybe you can ball. You're pretty tall. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You could probably hoop, but I don't know if you can fight. If they got warriors, bring their asses out now because my guys are about to come through. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I got a couple things. I don't know how Obi Wan figured out how that the ship flew and he stayed. Like, I this has been like 16 <laughs> years now. I haven't not figured that out. That ship is flying. I guess the droid did. I don't know. That does. I don't know See, how he did it, man. I just assumed the droid took care of it because you but know the droids like can. Yeah, movie magic, baby. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be willing. Hayden Christensen and his acting skills more than made up for that one little thing. <laughs> no, so another thing here, uh, and uh, Pablo Hidalgo uh, follows one of my alts. I feel very much honored. Pablo is known for writing those lovely uh, books in terms of uh, you know all the stuff on Boba Fett's belt to uh yeah, yeah. just i love those books i forgot what they're called exactly there's like their own like they're like books of the rainforest that have the similar discovery type thing whatever uh and i asked pablo uh, this is like the one tweet I've, I've sent to him on my uh alt night promoting where i asked him yo what was going on in Utapau after uh order 66 because if you watch later on after uh, order 66 has taken place the native Utapaudians are almost arrested kind of there's like martial law has taken place and you see it going on in the background only uh of the shot which is just masterful that there's no attention brought to it they're searching for obi-wan there's like little ships just kind of combing the area for spotlight or whatever and the utapaudians are kneeling and the clone troopers are basically like you know like it's martial law now motherfuckers like you know this you know we were fighting you maybe we're fighting with you a few moments ago now the droids are gone or who knows what and you guys are just you're under the empire control little do you know the future empire so i like that there's little things like that that go on in the background are just that's lucas's staple to me i think that's just amazing there's so much happening in the background that you learn about in these movies and it's it's amazing to me going back to like the 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 youngling um scene which is like it's brutal but then I, I couldn't help thinking this time. I'm like, so where's uh where's Grogu? <laughs> like, is he under the chair or something? Was he? I love the memes. I love the memes. Uh, they're so good. With Dave Filoni kind of running that stuff too, you know the same way that he was able to incorporate Ahsoka 
into the Clone Wars during this time, you know that Grogu's going to be in you know, The Mandalorian or however Disney chooses the to Sith. do whatever. A Revenge of the Sith flashback? Oh my god. It would be amazing if we had some kind of time. Another small little... They've done flashbacks now in Mandalorian. They did a flashback of the Death Star blowing up the second time, as uh, yep. Catman said it. I love the clarification to uh, the nitwit fans who don't know the timeline. Well, uh, I, I have a, I have a guess. Uh, I think R two saved Grogu somehow, uh, some way, yeah, because that's the why the familiarity there. wasn't mm-hmm, just like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. there's a toy." I think they actually like, yeah, you know, yeah. Man, oh, that's shit. a good. Oh man. I like that, yeah. I like, but he said this. He said a Jedi, a Jedi saved Grogu. So. Did they? Okay, okay, I missed. Uh, I think Ahsoka did clarify that. Uh, but you know, Jedi with some help from uh, the little guy. You know, it's very possible. It is very possible. All right, yeah. So we're getting down to it. Like they've we've <laughs> down the younglings. Uh, <laughs> they're hunting Order sixty six. You know the other thing I like, like the Order sixty six scene is nuts because also he goes like, well, this is what's happening here. This is what happened. You know, you just see them all get taken out. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And then the, another thing I like is Obi-Wan's on the run. He's still got that little water breather thing that he had like yeah. going into In, the Gungan city. Yeah. I was like, oh, I came back. I, I kind of <laughs> enjoyed seeing that thing again. <laughs> so I think when I was young, I thought they put the, light, the lightsaber in. I'm like, oh, it's multi-purpose. That's what I thought as a kid. <laughs> The timing of the movie, too, you know, we talked about how they had to cram a lot into however, you know, two and a half hours, whatever, you know, when Order 66 is enacted and you see, like, first off, if you're a fan of these characters like Ayla Secura or or whoever, if you're fans of the, the extended universe a little bit, then like it stings a little bit more seeing these characters go down. But it also feels like it should be like, this is the big climactic end of the movie, whatever. And it's been just boom, 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 go, go, go. Order 66 is an hour and a half in. You still got another hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just over halfway. I think that that's awesome that it feels like every scene has consequence and makes a difference in the overall progression of this movie. I can't say that about any other Star Wars movie. Including the original trilogy. I mean, you know, I, no offense to our buddy Luke, but just watching him kicking around a can on Tatooine, <laughs> like, okay, I get it. You're a lonely yeah. man that wants more to life. Okay, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, looking at Ray stealing crap out of a downed cruiser in the middle of another desert, like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, this this movie, like episode three, every scene does something, and, and again, it had to. Because, I mean, yeah. you, you've got so much out there. I really appreciated that. You know, uh, I, geez, there is a scene, and when I remember, I just remember now, seeing it in theaters, when uh, Jet Lucas, uh, George's son, when he essentially saves Bill Organa, uh, or just to start, oh, yeah. there was a pop in that oh, theater, because yeah. he, he showed up out of nowhere when he says, I'm sorry, it's time for you to leave. There is a pop that like this like false hope spot of just like this little kid's kicking ass. Yes. Like there's a genuine cheers for an unknown Jedi. I mean, granted, I know he was an attack of the clones uh, at the library, you know, but he, he there's it was just a, such a cool little hope spot to get derailed later that I was just like, oh, we this is the only little kid we really kind of see that he's not exactly, a, 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 you know, too tiny. So I guess he could kind of get away with uh, with that death, but 
man, it was <laughs> such a fun hope spot to see him. Like there was a genuine pop that I'll, and I'll never forget that. Like I've seen the, you know, seeing that in theaters and just like, that's how you, and in that short amount of time, that's how, you know, Bale's a good guy. So we don't get a lot of time with him. He's barely in attack of the clones. He's barely in the beginning of this, like, we don't like his reaction. No, like, like, and just skidding away in that uh, space yeah. Miata that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, no. And I, and Bail Organa, just uh, somebody I just want more of. Just somebody, you know, I, I'm left wanting more of that guy. And then same in Rogue One. I was just like, damn, dude, I love you, dude. Like, I, I, I got to have more, you know? Franklin, I, I, I want to agree with you. There's one little <laughs> tiny detail that makes me hesitant. Mm-hmm. And here, and, and this is it, like, I understand, but like Bail Organa, you want to love the guy, but but like he's basically like screws Luke over when the oh, twins yeah. are. Just, he's like, <laughs> my wife and I want to. We'll take the girl, and then Luke goes to live on Tatooine as no, Princess Leia. Princess Leia screwed. grows up as Princess Leia, and and you know, yeah, she's trained. She's had her own you know life of politics, which could be. But Luke's living in a, a, a desert. With with people that don't really like him, you know, they're they're he's a burden, and you got some creepy old dude that may or may not be like, you know, on somebody's list somewhere that's just watching. Are you talking you. about Kleeg Kleeg Lars is not Grandpa Kleeg is not a, a, a stand up guy here. I I mean I don't know. You you only survive on Tatooine by living your life one way. And, and I, you know, I just, I, I think that, like, Bail Organa screwed Luke over. My argument to that is, and this is, I guess, how I rationalized it growing up, you couldn't have them together because it's too strong of a force connection. Like, okay, there's some shit going on here. And Anakin, being Vader now, hates the idea of Tatooine so much. I know it's, it's kind of, uh, what's that term? I don't even remember it now, but... They, they, he's so against Tatooine and he's just, I'm not going back there. So it mm-hmm. seemed like, Hey, these are nice people, you know, that maybe it's not a good deal for Luke. Obviously Luke, it's fucked. Yeah, like yeah, there's, yeah. there's no way to cut it, but, <laughs> but you're right. you know, I think it was cause they're too strong in the force together that like they would be found, but Hey, if they're separate, there's not a huge connection here that they're eventually going to be found, you know? And at least you have better odds of like, okay, if one gets found, there's still another one all the way on the other side of the galaxy so you're you're right i mean it makes perfect sense and you know rumor has it that yoda wanted to train leia like she yeah, was the no, one yeah. that they wanted to that Not they wanted rumor, to build yeah. up but you From know another I, point of view I, the I novel it. yeah it's it's that's canon man that he wanted leia that was his choice that was you know he wanted uh he wanted greg odin and uh obi-wan wanted uh kd is the analogy <laughs> for, <laughs> for basketball nerds okay not that leia's greg oh, odin she's great too She's great. <laughs> well, she's no Greg Oden. She's no. Hey, look. Hey, she's MVP of the knees. big three of the uh, Ice Cube League. He's not MVP, but he did play in the oh big three. Well, <laughs> at least he's at least he's doing something. I mean, God, talking about, <laughs> yeah. talk about a bust. Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, he plays for he played for the aliens. Uh, <laughs> that's the team's Star name. Wars, yeah, yeah, it goes back to Star Wars. <laughs> Greg Oden played for the aliens on the big the Ice Cube Big Three League. Okay. Oh my God. That's awesome. One thing I want to talk about before we get into like that last scene and all that stuff, which is awesome, is one other scene I really love is when Palpatine like takes control of the Senate. And the thing I love about it 
is, you know, by now, and I think I mentioned it in our first thing, it's like this becomes like, you know, it's kind of a warning tale of like the rise of fascism and stuff. But it also becomes this like uh, uh, critique of the Bush era because he talks about his resolve never being stronger. And and a lot of the language he uses in that are from these like Bush speeches at the time, like during the war in Iraq. That, that gets me good. Yeah, that's, that, that's a big <laughs> highlight. I'm glad you brought that up, Philip. That's a big like those who are just like Star Wars is getting political and, you know, has an agenda like. Like, have you not been paying attention at all? I'm like, that's like, you know, you could talk about, you know, Ewoks and like and Endor battle that being like allegory for Vietnam. But like, this is just straight up like, you know, almost plagiarism in terms of like Bush speeches <laughs> like Jesus. And then right before the the big battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan, Anakin says, he goes, if you're not with me, you're my enemy. And it's like Bush said that, too, if you're or or, or um, Rumsfeld or somebody like that said, if you're not with us, you're against us. And when Palpatine said, fool me once, shame on me, <laughs> fool me twice, you ain't going to fool me again. You ain't going to fool me again. All right. When Palpy said that, I was just like, damn, dude, this guy, you know. It's like Palpatine's getting a little bit more folksy. He's getting he a little funny, in, yeah. the, in the opera. He's really yeah. trying to relate the, to the Outer Rim territory yeah, here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. That Moss Asley crowd. He's, yeah, he's trying Moss, to get there. He's really trying to relate to those yokels. But yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to that, that final, the, the, big, uh, the big showdown between Anakin and Obi-Wan. So, well, gotta be hot. I mean, you know, call it like I see it, man. I'm not afraid to say it. Had to be hot. Would have worn something a little bit more aerodynamic. But also, there are dudes on Mustafar are just, they're droids that are collecting lava. Feels like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know if they're exporting it, you know, and they're <laughs> getting the good stuff. I'm not sure what their purpose <laughs> is, to be honest. I do like how they're, you know, I, it still feels lived in. I like that. It still creates an environment. Uh, of being very lived in, uh, I, I really did enjoy them. Um, before he ki- when he kills the Trade Federation and just that whole uh, alliance, uh, just uh, man, the Nemoidians. The, yeah, the Nemoidians, man. You almost uh, almost feel for that crooked Newt Gunray a little bit, and just <laughs> yeah. like like Newt, throw a punch or something, man. I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. That's I'm glad Newt got screen time for that depth, though. Uh, and you can see in the background uh, the uh, techno union guy at the end of a table, like kind of like, oh shit, where do I go? It's a blurred. It's not in focus at all. I don't know if you noticed that, but when he's going on his spree and you see that yellow eye, that Sith eye on the unfocused part is Mr. Techno union. He's just kind of bobbing and weaving at the end of the table. Like, I don't know where he's going to go, uh, man. And he couldn't even probably get his last words out. He has to adjust his knobs to like, you know, like, please don't. Just yeah, it's a bummer for him. So, I mean, what can you say? It's dope. It was incredible. Uh, it's the, I mean, it's just the biggest. It's that payoff, man. It is the ultimate payoff, and and that's kind of maybe the problem with the sequel trilogy is that there there is no lightsaber fight that can that get they get progressively. You know, well, Phantom Menace is great, and then there's a dip at Attack of the Clones. It wasn't really that great of a fight, and then this was just insane. So it's yeah. just. Uh, you know, yeah. and it's happening with at the same time that Sidious and Yoda are going at it. You know, which we can get to in a minute. But, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I, again, I want to go yeah. back to you know, Obi Wan has the high ground and in one swipe takes off three of Anakin's limbs. 
Oh, it's awesome. It, he's, like, it's, he's like, don't do it. He tells him that's the best thing. He's like, like everything about that's great. Everything, like everything's about it. And you feel the connection between those two. Finally, you know, as, as brothers or whatever. I mean, like it's, it is heartbreaking, but like, again, I'm watching this. I, I'm loving, I'm loving it. I'm living it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's great. I'm really enjoying the scene, but then I, I flash back in my head. I'm thinking like, Man, this dude is taking down the chosen one in one swing when he went out like a punk twice against Dooku. Matchups. Like matchups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he trained he trained Anakin, he knows. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. You're right. rookie. Come on. Mm-hmm. He knows how he fights. He knows he gets too into it, gets too hot headed, and he's just like He's going to try stuff he shouldn't, and he tells him even – he's te- trying to teach him in that moment. He says, I have the high ground. Don't try it because I wrote it down because I, I, I never – I've always heard the – I remember the high ground thing, but the, when he says, don't try it, and that's exactly when he jumps. And he's like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're going to tell me what? Oh, okay, I'll show you. Yeah. yeah it's... He cuts off the remaining um, you know, corporeal limbs. He's only got his robot arm left. That was we, emotional. It was definitely know, emotional um, watching that theaters. Sidious, at the same time, when he's fighting Yoda, you know, chucking the pods at him in the, yeah, in the yeah, Senate yeah. and all that, which also a fantastic, you know, I mean, this that was is like, too. oh, this is great. You know, Sidious had the high ground. And so, you know, Yoda yeah. runs, Sidious had the high ground there. So I thought that was kind of neat. And, and you know, you, you'd like to think, point. oh, maybe that's just a coincidence. I fully think George Lucas finally, like, I, I think he finally hit it on, on the nail on the head mm. with it. I, I think that he, he had every last detail like that down. And it wasn't, you know, we didn't have any, you know, kissing your sister moments. <laughs> you know, it, it was clearly, I think, no, planned out. This is, yeah, this is this is the masterpiece. I agree. This is definitely the masterpiece. Uh, there's not much I can say about it. That, uh, you know, my buddy Uncle Howard, he watches it every few weeks. He loves it. Like, oh, really? I love oh, it. Wow. And I'm wrong. I try to go a while without watching these movies because I love them so much and I don't want to decrease my enjoyment of them. So I tr- I really try to avoid them at, at times. But this one is just, this one you could watch at any time, you know? One thing I was thinking too is, um, and something I noticed watching it, like the beginning of it, it, you know, it was made in 2005. It still looks really good. Like mm-hmm. all the effects and everything. The only thing that was a little rough was at the end, the baby that CGI mm-hmm. baby didn't look great, but yeah. it's 2005. It it still looks really good, and I was watching it on like what Disney Plus and whatever mm-hmm. 4K. They, <laughs> they transferred it from the 4K or whatever. So there they, there um, are parts of like but, Captain America: Civil War that don't yeah. look as good as it. Like yeah, I mean, not yeah, Civil War, yeah. uh, the Winter Soldier movie when they're like mm-hmm. building the big mm-hmm. ship there. I'm just like, this looks fake as shit. Like this does not even look as good as like you know, some attack of the clone stuff. Like there's some rough mm-hmm. like CGI in that. So like, I think it's pretty solid for the most part. I know some people have complaints, but I think it's pretty solid. I, I don't yeah. think it's taken that much of a, of a step down. It's not like, uh, you know, I mean, Jurassic Park's another one that looks great. Uh, I think like maybe the Jumanji, uh, like when I saw Jumanji, the monkeys in Jumanji, like, holy shit, those look real. And then like, now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is a bit rough. Yeah. yeah but yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it holds up pretty well, the CGI in it. I don't have any, any complaints on that. All right. Well, Franklin, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, thanks for joining us to, to wrap up this little mini series that we're doing. It was a lot of fun. It was great 
talking to you about this, but um, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, Dude, thank you guys for having me. Like, this is fun. I, I I mean, somebody was like asking me like to do their podcast. Like, it's like, they, I know they said, I know you don't like to do podcasts. I'm like, where did this reputation come from? This diva Mariah Carey <laughs> reputation. So I'm just like, anybody wants me on their shit. Uh, uh, you know, if I, if I know you, I'm not going to be doing like fucking uh, some alt-right podcast either. But like, <laughs> oh, yeah. anybody who wants me on like, shit, yeah, man. Hell yeah. I want to have fun. I want to talk. I want to shoot the shit a little bit, man. It's COVID, man. I've got nothing else to do, man. And this is a lot of fun. I mean, we started, I just told Patrick, I mean, Patrick and I have known each other since we were growing up. And like in May, I was just like, we're starting a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) It was just like, I'm like, what's a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Patrick's not. And I was just like, don't worry about it. I was like, well, just, just, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the heavy lifting. You just show up. Yeah. (laughs) I think I told, I think I had a similar conversation with uncle Howard. I'm like, let's, let's do this damn thing here. Uh, we, we ain't got much else to do, man. Uh, I, we tried to get into public access the Mm. show. Okay. And since that did not work out, uh, not because we had any effort or a good concept. Lord knows we did not. We really thought we could just call uh, a Moontown ship affiliate. Neither of us lives in Moontownship, Pennsylvania. <laughs> we just thought we okay. found some horrible local public uh, broadcast. Like, there is no reason they cannot give us a show if we ask. And yeah, come up yeah, with yeah. A ha- they did not. So we're just like, all right, dude, we'll do a podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they won't give us a show. They air a show about people t- talking about cigars, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Township yeah, public access. You dropped the ball. Yeah. Well, next time. Get them next time. Uh, Franklin, how can people find you in the your podcast, your whatever you want them to find? Uh, yeah, yeah. At Bug TV Franklin on Twitter. Uh, uncle to Uncle is the podcast I do with my Uncle Howard. He's a bit of a bird brain, but bless his heart. You know, I'm glad that we're all Southern dudes so we can, you know, we yeah, all know yeah, the yeah. context of bless his heart. And then just say horrible things about them. I love mm-hmm. it. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. What can I tell you? Bless their heart. That bird brain. Uh, <laughs> my other Twitter is night yeah, promoting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I post movie merchandise. Uh, the main right, photo cool. is a Darth Maul soda can from that Phantom Menace Pepsi campaign. The iconic marketing blitz of the Phantom Menace. And uh, Instagram, um, night openings with an S, night openings, and uh, just movie premiere photos that I keep track of. Mm. Uh, you know, I got a lot of, uh, spent a lot of time on that internet, man. Let me tell you, it's a cool guy over here. So, uh, Franklin, like, I, I got a question for you here. Yeah. And uh, typically we ask our, our guests, you know, in your hometown, what's your favorite restaurant or something like that? Mm-hmm. I want to I want to shift it around for this special yeah. Star Wars episode. If you had a lightsaber, what color is your blade? Ooh. Now, this okay. is your life force now, so be yeah, very careful. I know, I, mean, this I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I, and I did get to adjust my blade of Cal Kestis in Fallen Order, so I, I did get to mess around. Um, see, I, I don't yeah. get orange because it reminds <laughs> me too much of a flamethrower, so I don't think that's necessarily too cool. Um, and, you know, I think any other, like, Pink or purple is a little too extravagant for my liking. And uh, yellow is like piss. So uh, <laughs> I go with green all the way. I'm, I'm a, you know, when Luke had that green lightsaber, it was like, so cool. It's Malibu Stacy with a new hat. And, uh, you know, if, if that's, you know, 
I, I couldn't resist it. It was an amazing scene. And like, it's green. Hey, no, no, this is different. It's green, everybody. Holy shit. Uh, so it's got to be green. I don't know. I mean, hey, I guess because green's the color of money. And, uh, you know, I got that millionaire mindset, baby. <laughs> there Beautiful. you go. Yeah. So let's wrap it up. Um, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can find us online at SC Boys Pod, Instagram at Stokes County Boys, email stokescountyboys at gmail.com. Let us know what color lightsaber you'd have. We also got the Spotify playlist, any of the music's on the show when we discuss Sturgill Simpson or any of the music you'll hear, it'll be on the playlist. Check it out. Uh, also, we got direct support. As we always say, this is DIY as it gets. If you got the desire and the means, anchor.fm slash scboys slash support, little as 99 cents a month, you'll keep this uh, keep this thing going. People like Jason, Robin, and the patron saint of the show, Andrew Voss. And always, we got to shout out the gorgeous George, who did our cover art, Asheville artist. So check him out on Instagram. Once again, Franklin, thanks a lot. It was a blast. Take care, man. Thank you, guys. Always yes, thank a blast. you. I live the home of